Thank you, Wendy. What a journey it has been. Whoa. It has been a marvelous journey, hasn't it? They left for Rome early on. And they got sideswept in a storm. Uh, Lene, will you go to the next slide, please? Look at that journey they have made on their way to Rome. What a trip. All the way, 475 miles off course as they traveled to Rome. Stranded on an island. Born a Roman citizen, Paul has dreamed about going there probably for all of his life. We don't know that for sure. This is Rome. Millions of people, there's probably a million people at the time living in this city, which is the seat of domination and has been for over two millennia. It is a powerful place. We know that Paul first expressed his desire to go to Rome. First time we see it is in Romans 1, chapter uh, is Romans chapter 1, verse 10, where he says, Always asking my prayers if somehow now at last I may succeed to come to you in the will of God. He's desired to go to Rome. And he makes plans. And he writes that probably around eighty fifty six, 56. And, and he's been dreaming of making this visit for some time. Maybe even all of his life going to the capital. And as he wrote that in Romans chapter 1, he wanted to visit the church in Rome. But now he's nearing 60 years old. He arrives as a prisoner. It's not exactly how he had it envisioned, is it? But he got there. And he's allowed to live in a house by himself. He's on house arrest. They didn't have ankle monitors, so they put a guard outside his house. Of course, he can't go outside his house, so people need to bring him food. And all the books he writes while he's in prison there, people have to bring him all that stuff to his house. But they're allowed to come and go. With friends, it's not a bad life, I don't guess. As long as you don't like hiking. As I see, look at this trip, I see there's something special about this. Paul is confident in God's ability to bring him to Rome even though it's not how he envisioned it. See, Paul had this goal in his life. I'm going to reach Rome. And that God-given goal was I'm going to reach Rome. Because he's in a relationship with Hashem, uh, sorry, Hashem means the name, it's in Hebrew. Um, he's in a relationship with Hashem. He's, um, he, he's, God has laid on his heart through the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling him saying, this is where you're heading. You're heading to Rome. 
What a gift. And I think about that with, in, in our own lives, how God gives us goals. How God gives us goals for our life. And, and, and some of them are, 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 you know, lofty, and some of them are, are simple things. Like, you know, I'm going to read 15 minutes of my scriptures. You know, one way to evaluate your relationship with God is to evaluate your goals. What are my goals in life? Because we all, we may not set a goal, but we all kind of have goals. One way to evaluate your relationship with God is to say, where do my goals come from? What kind of goal is this? Why am I seeking after this new, what's my goal? Why did Paul want to reach Rome? Was it to see the sights? To say, hey, I've been to Rome. Oh, I was to worship. Is to say the the people into to actually he was planning on going on to Spain. Um, what are your goals? Why are, do you have those? this one ready to evaluate your relationship with God? I have a goal of owning a a, a house. Why do I want that house? If your goal is to own a Porsche, you've got to evaluate, why do you want that Porsche? And don't lie to yourself. Oh, it's because I want a witness. <laughs> God gifts you with money, that's okay. Don't lie. Oh, I, want a new, I need a swimming pool so he can baptize people in it. You want a swimming pool because it's hot here. You know, but I, I think one of the other statements in that is also, if we don't set goal, what does that say about our relationship with God? It means we're not hearing the direction God wants us to walk in. Whether that direction be, I want to be healthy. Or that direction, I want to raise my temple. I need to start treating the temple of God better. Or I need to... to um, you know, you know, we could. I, I need to to spend more time with him, or I, I need to finish my education, or I need to witness to X amount of people this year, or I need to. What is your? You know, we often don't set goals because we don't feel the direction of God in our lives. I know some of you are old. I'll let you decide which one of you, if you're young or old. That's that's. But some of you are old, and you're like, I don't need goals because I'm. You know, you're like, wait, are you dead yet? Your only goal is to be dead? Because that's what you've not setting a goal says about yourself, right? My only goal is to be dead. God wants us to have goals. But often we say, well, I'm just content living my life day to day. And we forget that movement is part of our life. Even the rest is something we play. I'm not a musical person. You guys know that. But I do know that as you read the notes, and I can read notes. It takes me forever, but I can read the notes. You don't just not play on the rest. You play the rest. It's part of the music. Even rest is a goal. But you don't 
in, well, I'm resting, that's my goal, I'm going to stop at rest. Movement is part of life. It keeps going. And when we fail to set gods, we don't go anywhere. When we fail to set goals, we don't go anywhere. We just sit or let life take us wherever it wants us to go. And guess what? The world's going to take you where you don't need to be going. If you just sit, I'm going to ride the wave. It's going to take you to the rocks or the reefs. It's going to take you in places you don't need to be going. It's like saying, well, I'm just going to sit back and let the table present the food that I need to eat. Guess what? That table is going to have all kinds of stuff on it you don't need. (laughs) We need goals in all areas of our lives because we want to become the people of God that God wants us to be. Doing things as he accomplished in our lives. So we ask ourselves, what are the goals in, our li- in my life, right? Fathers, this is even more important for you because you're the ones that's supposed to represent the Father in your families. Now, Paul has some very obvious goals in his life, right? Including going to Rome. Seeing Gentiles come to Christ, seeing Jews come to Christ, telling people about it, raising up disciples such as Timothy and Apollos and Lydia and, and wanting to go spread the word of God wherever he goes. And I know Paul has several goals he expresses and he probably has more goals than we're told about. We know he was a writer and a teacher. And he wrestled with some kind of thorn in his side, which we don't know exactly what it was. And if you hear someone say, well, this is what it was, well, then they're making some assumptions because he never says, this is what my thorn in the side is. He just calls it a thorn in the side. I've heard everything from lust to a wife. So, um, we don't know what his thorn in the flesh was, but his goal probably to to withstand the temptation that that thorn, whatever it is, presented in his life, to stand up with that thorn. He wants to be free of it eventually, and he will be free of it when he dies um, never expresses that he's free of this thorn in the flesh. But he goes for his life in all areas of life. And God placed them there. Placed them there for him to accomplish. Some people might say, I don't like the word goals, I like the word objectives. But we'll call it goals. We know the word goals. And some of you had goals, like you might think, well, when I was young, my goal was to be married, have X amount of kids, and get a house, and those were my goals, right? And that kept you moving forward. God gives us goals. 
If I were to ask you, what are your goals right now in your life, could you tell me? Some of you are, oh, yeah, absolutely, I can tell you the goals of my life. Some of you are, mm, well, not so much. What are your goals? Where in your life do you want to be? Where do you feel God calling you? If Christ is in you and the Holy Spirit is in you, your relationship, then those goals will be of God. Because as we seek first the kingdom of God, He puts in our lives godly goals. And some of that may be, hey, you need to lose a few pounds. That's me, right? That's one of my goals, right? But it's also other things. Like, personally, right now, my personal goals is I'm working on my Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek to soon start. So I can better relate to the Scriptures, so I can better teach you what the Scriptures are saying. So we, we make goals in our lives and we evaluate where does the motivation become from. And we need to be specific as we make goals. A lot of times we make goals, well, I need to um, uh, lose weight. Well, you lost a pound. Good job. What specifically do you need to lose? 7% more body fat, my goal right now. That's about 20 pounds. Specific. I plan on witnessing to people next year. Well, that's good. I'm glad if you haven't done that at all this year, then one would be a good number. Be specific. But I, I recommend even go farther than that. I plan on witnessing to this person this week. Who's your one person that you just have this desire that you know doesn't need Christ, know Christ and you want to witness to them? Oh, yeah, there may be others, and I hope there are others. But who's that one person? Be specific. Pray for that person and the opportunity for that person. Be specific with your goals. And ask God to line up His goals in your life and yours so not that you are dictating to God, but He is dictating into your life so that your wills match. We pray our goals. Don't be afraid to ask God to see you through on your journey. And then we don't just say, well, there's my goal. Then we have to say, what's the steps to reach that goal? And everything we do in our life, we have to evaluate. Is it getting me to my goal? If it's not, then we don't need it. Right? Because we have priorities in our life. We, if it reaches that priority, and we take small steps. That's the key, right? We don't have to be giant leaps. You go from, you know, zero to 60. It's small steps that's going to get you there, right? And along with this, we have to evaluate what are the barriers, the obstacles that are going to keep me from reaching my goals? How many of you guys know that's important too, right? Yeah. 
that sin in your life, that whatever that is, your, your, your sin, and we call it uh, X is a variable unknown. We'll call it your X. What is your X, your sin, that will keep you from reaching those goals? That temptation. And you know how we overcome temptation? Well, we put up the armor of God and we get together with other Christians who have put on the armor of God. We stand together and we march towards the goal. And there's things we have to overcome, like fear. I mean, I was afraid of moving. I'm not just talking about moving town. I'm talking about movement. Oh, it's easy to sit in front of the TV. You don't have to worry about nothing because it's on the TV. It's hard to actually say, well, I'm going to reach this goal. I'm going to step out and do something because there's going to be people that say, I, you can't do it. There's going to be people that say, I don't believe in you. I don't know there's people that are going to say that, uh, that going to say things like, you don't need to do that or you need to be following this path or that shouldn't be your goal. This should be your goal. How many people thought that Paul, he probably was told, you don't need to go to Rome. You need to stay right here where the Jewish people are at. There's going to be habits you need to overcome. Habits are those wonderful things that we do in our lives. How many have some bad habits? Yeah, right? Those things we have to overcome. You know, you don't overcome bad habits by quitting bad habits. You overcome bad habits by putting good habits in their place. And habits take time to develop. You didn't get in the bad situation in the first place. You're not going to get out of, the bat, out of it in, in overnight either. Whatever that is that is stopping, we have to evaluate what's going to keep me from that goal. So I know when I first started my, uh, my seminary uh, when, when I, training, it was things like money. You know, even just now, I went back to school and working on Aramaic and Hebrew at the moment. There's money cost that, you know, because it's not free. There's time cost because I'm taking away time from my kids, taking time away from parts of the job I enjoy. I've had to cut back on both sides of that so I can get my hair Hebrew and Aramaic because those things don't come easy. Even now I've got a Hebrew, uh, Aramaic final coming up in a few weeks and I'm scared to death because... I only know like a fraction of what I need to. We have to evaluate these goals. What are the costs? Where, where are we going to go? What do we need to overcome? When I go to the gym, you know, I never plan a workout. I never go to the gym without a plan. Otherwise, you're just going to sit there and walk around from one place to another and, and not get anything done. Never plan a, a run without knowing where you're going to go, uh, the route. Because that's how you overcome the obstacles. Be patient. Be persistent. Goals take time to reach, and we have to move forward to them. Don't give up and don't forgive them. And then we have to ask the question, what happens if I don't reach them? How many of you guys had goals in your life that you thought, this is exactly where I need to be, and then... You felt like you failed because you didn't get there. I bet you some of you guys can raise your hand, right? You got those goals that you were like, I thought this is where I was supposed to be, but 
I feel like a failure now because I didn't get there. Well, there's some things that cause us to not reach our goals, right? Some of them are sin, right? Sin can get in the way, and we didn't put we let the sin priority take priority over our lives instead of the goal. And that led us off the path and we missed the mark. So sin can keep you from missing your goal. Laziness is another example that can, you say, well, I didn't want to move. I got comfortable and I didn't want to move. You can't get, reach your goal if you wait for the goal to reach you. You have to go get it, right? But then sometimes it's not because anything you did. It's because God changed the goal. And you thought, well, was, let's look at Paul's life, right? We've been going through the book of Acts, right? You remember that passage way back when where he was heading towards one town? And God said, I need you to go this town instead. And then he meets four ladies that are there, and they end up starting a church, and they become strong supporters of him. And, and he leaders in their own right. His goal was one direction. God put that on his plan. I'm going to head one direction. And if he were to keep focusing on that, he might feel like a failure because he doesn't get to that goal. But what really happened was God changed his goal to something else. He needed him to head towards his town, so he, he put that goal in his life so that he would head in that direction. Because that's what God knew. He needed that goal to head in that direction. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to change that goal because I got something bigger. You're already headed in the direction I need you to head, so I'm going to move you this way. And so sometimes our goals aren't failures because they change path. They're because God changed to something else. And that's something else we have to evaluate in our relationship with God, right? Did I fail or did you change the goal? And if you missed the mark and you failed because of your own sin or you didn't do something, you got to give yourself room for forgiveness so that you can pick yourself up. Evaluate, is that still a goal in your life or is it something else that God has done for yourself? Did you miss that one altogether? I planned to have kids but I was 26 and now I'm 30. Well, now you got to reevaluate, where am I at? How do I move forward in the will of God? What are my new goals? Maybe it's the same goal you missed because you failed to do it the first time. Or maybe it's something different. God needed you on this path so he could cause you, call you to do something different. What are the goals in your life? What are your goals? One of my goals, personally, is that as you come here, is that if you don't know Christ, that you will come to know him. Maybe your goal is to witness to someone else. Because the Bible actually, you know, this come see me method is not actually biblical. The Bible doesn't ever say that. 
Bible says, go and seek. So I'm standing here before the come, come seek. Y'all are going out. Go and seek. So maybe your goal is to witness that one person. Maybe your goal is to, I need to spend 15 more minutes with him. Maybe your goal is to go back and get an education. Or check out the International Mission Board because you feel like you're getting called into the mission field. Yes, you're not too old. What are your goals? Evaluate your life. Evaluate God's will for your life. And like I said in another sermon, 99%, 98% of that is already laid for it for you in the scriptures. That's common to everybody. So maybe your goals is just to match up with that. And then that unique 1-2% will come. And God will reveal those will to you as you're in, your, in the will of Him in the rest of it. But I guess what? If you're, not, if you're only seeking out what makes me unique and you're not lining up with Him in that another 98%, you're not, He's not going to give you what, that goal that makes you unique because you're not lining up with Him with everything else that is laid out right before you in the Scriptures. Goals are what keeps you pressing forward. And then we also have to ask ourselves, how can we help others reach their goals? We can live in a society that's become like, well, I gotta reach my goal, so I gotta push you guys down. And unfortunately that happens in the church too, right? You can't reach your goal unless I get mine first. And that's not how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be walking together, helping each other reach the goals that God has laid out before them. So how can you help someone else? And if you're not growing in Christ, you'll never reach your goals. And if you're not growing, you're never going to hit your goals. Oh, you can hit little goals at first. At first, it might seem like you're doing really well, right? But we've got to keep growing. Otherwise, we're not going to last. So here's my challenge for you today. Share your goals with someone else today. Oh, that's scary, isn't it? To actually share your goals with someone? What do you feel God is leading to in your life? What are your goals? And line up the next steps to reach them. We're going to go to a time of invitation. Amen, amen, and thank you, Babs. What a journey it has been. As we travel 
through the book of Acts as Paul has traveled. Um, someone has moved my tablet. That's okay. It has been a wonderful journey through the book of Acts as Paul, and we've been reading about Paul traveling on the road. Oh, thank you, Master Rob. This keeps me on step so I don't start chasing rabbits. I'll start talking about the religious aspects of Rome before long if I don't have this. Um, Rome. Paul's a Roman citizen. It's a great city, the capital of the area. Uh, the empire's Washington, D.C., if you might say. It has about a million people in it at the time, which means it's one of the largest cities of the era. And it's been the seat of uh, domination for about two millennia. Huge city, powerful city, the seat of all the power in the area. And this is Paul's first visit there. He may have wanted to go to Rome all of his life. He is a Roman citizen after all. We do know that he expresses his desire to go to Rome in Romans chapter 1 verse 10 where he says, always asking my prayers if somehow now at last I may succeed to come to you in the will of God, speaking to the church in Rome. He wants to go to Roman. He wants to go to Rome. He's desired to go there for some time. And as he arrives there, nearing 60, he's in chains. Probably not the way he wanted to get there. He is allowed to stay in a house with a guard. They don't have ankle bracelets at the time, so they put a guard out outside his house, and he was on house arrest. And of course, he's on house arrest, and the Romans don't feed you, uh, their prisoners, so Paul's friends and other churches have to feed Paul and bring him stuff, and all the writers, all the books that he does in, uh, while he's in prison, they have to come to him at the house. I guess it's not a bad way to live, as long as you don't like hiking. He's stuck in this house. And that's not how he desired to see Rome. That's not how he desired to go to the people of Rome, because he's not able to go to the people of Rome. He's not able to, to go and seek them out and go to the, the temple there in Rome and to speak to the, the Jewish believers in Rome and speak to the, the, the Gentile believers in Rome. He's not able to do any of that because he doesn't have his freedom. They have to come to him. But he's made it. He's made it to Rome. where he will go before Caesar and he will proclaim Jesus Christ as king. 
when I think about this, I think about Paul's goals. His goal to reach Rome. And he never reaches his goal to make it to Spain. But as God, Paul is in relationship with Hashem, pardon me, Hashem means the name. It's Hebrew. It means the name referring to Yahweh or the God of the Old Testament. So as he's in relationship with Hashem, Paul has a God-given gift of a goal. You're going to go to Rome and preach to the Gentiles. You're going to go make it to Rome and speak to the emperor. And this is a God-given goal. And it reminds me that as we are relationship with God, just as Paul is, we have the Holy Spirit living in us just as Paul did. We are given goals in our life as well. We are given goals. And some of those goals are great big ones, and some of them are small ones, right? Some of you got great big goals, like I'm going to get an education and become a missionary. Some of your goals are, I'm going to spend five more minutes this week in prayer. And one of the ways we can evaluate our relationship with Christ is to evaluate our goals, right? Where does our goal come from? If your goal is to own a swimming pool. Don't lie and say it's because I want to baptize people. It's because it's hot here. And if God has given you the means to do so in your abundance, then it's fine. If your goal is to own a Porsche, don't be saying it's because I want to bring a witness. But one of the ways we can do it, why do I want to do whatever it is you want to do? Why is it, what is our goal? And it can tell us whether we're aligned with God or we're, our motivation is for something else, right? If we're motivated by our selfish desires, I want to own a Porsche because I want to show off to my neighbors, that's not a godly goal. I'm not saying having money is bad. I'm saying if we our desires for money because we want money, that's not a godly goal. And so we can often evaluate our relationship with God by our goals. You ever thought about that? What are your goals in your life? But, you know, I think a lot of us, we actually don't take the time to set our goals. We just let our goals be whatever the world lets our goals be. That's like saying, I'm going to eat whatever someone puts in front of me. And you know what happens when you do that? You get fat. Because the world's going to put all kinds of stuff in front of you that you don't need. We need to set our goals. We, God has given us goals and we need to set them. And when we fail to set these goals, we don't go anywhere. 
Now, fathers, here this is even more important to you because you represent God, the Father, in the lives of the people. It's important that you set godly goals. Because if you don't set goals, you don't move. We'll say, well, I need to rest. Rest is part of movement. I'm not a musical person. You guys know that. And you guys, thank God I don't sing on Sundays. I run some people off in this church real quick. But I do know how to read music. It takes me forever, but I can do it. And what I do know is that when you come to that rest symbol, you don't just not play. You play the rest. Rest is part of our goals. Rest is part of our movement. Because you don't just stop with rest. Some of you guys have got to the pause and you never picked up with the rest of the song. Rest is part of our goals. Our goals move us forward. And we need to our goals in order that we move forward in God. Do the things that he has. So we have to ask, so what are our goals? Paul had many goals, right? You can see some of them in the scriptures. There's probably some of them that we're not told about. But he has goals. He has goals, go, go to Rome. I'm going to make it to Rome. Does he get to Rome? Absolutely. Not the way he envisioned it, but God got him to Rome. I want to go to Spain. Does he make it? No. God decided that was not a goal he needed to reach. Does the words of Paul make it to Spain? Absolutely. He wants to share the love and truth of Jesus Christ wherever he goes. He wants to raise up disciples. When he raises up disciples, he raises up Timothy, Apollos, Lydia. He raises up people to take care and be ministers in the church and to be leaders in the church and to be witnesses for Christ and to, to go out and teach and to, goes to go out and give and he you know he's a writer and a teacher himself he writes letters that we're still using today arguably 13 books of your bible are written by one man that's impressive so obviously writing to people was a goal of his. He had some kind of thorn that he wrestled with. And if anyone tells you they know exactly what that thorn is, they're lying to you. Paul never tells us. He calls it a thorn in his flesh. And I've heard it from everything from lust to the fact that he had a wife. And everything in between. So, we don't know what this thorn in the flesh is, but he wrestled with this thorn in the flesh, and he had his goal to overcome the temptations that were associated with whatever this thorn in the flesh was. And so he has his goals. I wonder if we could say the same thing about ourselves. Do you have goals in your life? Well, I want to, I want to, I want to be right. I want to be what? Just, just be. 
What's your goals? What has God given you the passion for? What has God desired you for? God gives us goals. What are your goals? Where do you want to be? If you are in Christ and the Holy Spirit is in you, then as we are in relationship with God and we grow closer to Him, our goals line up with Him. Not that our self dictates what He desires, but what He desires becomes so much part of our life that we have our, our goals line up. And so we have to be in relationship with Him. And as we're in relationship with Him, our goals begin to line up and we begin to focus on Him and we form goals. And we need to be specific about these things, right? It's not just, I want to witness this week. Because then you say, well, I was a witness because I mowed my lawn and everyone saw me. Be specific. For some of you, that means one person. I want to witness to one person. I want to tell one person about Jesus Christ. Because that's one more person than you did all last year. But be even more specific than what I want to witness one person. Who in your life do you need to share the love of Jesus Christ with? Who's your one? Who's that person in your life that you need to share the love of Jesus Christ? And pray for that person. Be specific with your goals. You want to start taking care of the temple of God, right? Which is what? The church? No. The body. Our bodies are, I need to take better care of my temple, right? I got to lose a few pounds. Doctor said so. Be specific in your prayers. I don't want to lose pounds. Great, you lost a pound. You lost half a pound. <laughs> you sweated some this week. No. What's your goal? Mine's 7% body fat. What's your goal? We don't go to the gym and not have a plan. You don't go for a run and not know your route. What's your goal? As we plan goals, we need to know what we have to do to overcome things that are going to get in our way. What gets in our way of your, your goals? I'll tell you one of the things that gets in our way is sin. Sin can stop us from reaching the goals of God. I don't know what your sin is. Some of you know because you guys talk to me about them. Others of you, I don't know. What's your sin? There's a great disciple song that says, my dear ex. My ex is a variable unknown. Whatever your ex is. Your sin. Whatever that sin is. That can stop you. Or sins. Some of you is plural. Sins can stop you from reaching those goals, right? You let yourself get carried away into the world into the way the world sees things. Pornography. Sexual sins. Sexual immorality. That's a big one for our world right now, right? I think it always has been. Planning. We must know the obstacles we're going to come. And you know how we overcome sin in our lives? What's the Bible tell us? Well, you pray a prayer. No. It says, put on the armor of God... 
so that you may stand fast. Put on the armor of God, and then we come beside other people who have put on the armor of God, and we walk together in life. Put on the armor of God. But it's not just sin that stops us from reaching our goals. We fear. Which can and cannot be a sin depending on the circumstance. It can be habits, right? Habits are one of those things that infect our lives, right? You know how you overcome a bad habit? It's not by stopping on that bad habit. You build good habits in its place. Some of you need to build some good habits. And they take time to build. And sometimes you're going to fall back in the old habit. And you're going to have to be conscious and say, that does not make for my goal. See, a goal in life, and some people use the word objective, but goal in life, what it does for us is it says, I have a priority in my life, and if it doesn't match up with that priority, I don't need to be doing it. Keeps us moving forward in the right direction. If we don't have those goals, we're not moving forward. We're not growing. I want to read the scriptures every day. Well, why? I know people that know the scriptures better than I do, and they're atheists. Why do they read the scriptures every day? Because they want to refute people like you. And they want to know the scriptures so well that you say, well, maybe they're right. Why do you want to read the scriptures? We read it with a devotional heart so that we grow closer to the one who wrote it. You can just, you know, I opened my book this morning. It says, that's that checklist mentality. We have that checklist mentality, don't we? Often we have that check. How many of you guys have a checklist mentality sometimes? You open that, so I'm going to open my Bible, I would check that mark off. I prayed today, check! Did it do you any good? I have no idea. Don't even remember what I said. Check! Some of you work out like that too, so you can check it off. That's why you've been working out for two years and never seen a change in your body. Because <laughs> you just checked it off. You ain't pushing no effort into it. There's no goal. You don't have a plan. So you say, I want to lose some weight, but I'm not going to change any of my diet plans. I'm just going to check it off when I, when I eat. <laughs> but things get in our way. People can get in your way. People are going to say, I don't believe in you. You don't mean to do that, follow that goal. You need to follow my goal. I bet Paul had some people tell him, read the scriptures, tell him you need to stay right where the Jews are at. You don't need to be telling them Gentile people. But he had that goal. I'm going to tell the Gentiles, and praise God he did, right? Gentile church. Praise God for that. And we have to have a plan. And if you're not setting the goals and you're not having a plan, you're going to fail. That brings up another issue. What happens when you don't reach your goal? Are you a failure? Well, sometimes, yes. Depends on why you didn't hit your goal. 
Sometimes we don't hit our goals because of sin in our lives. Sometimes we don't get our, hit our goals because we didn't move on them. Now, I want to get an education, but I'm never going to open a book. Mm. I can tell you right now as I'm taking uh, Hebrew and Aramaic, if you try not to open the book, you're not going to pass. But what happens if you fail? Because nothing you did. It's just because it wasn't, your goal was to be married by the time you're 30 and now you're 45 and you didn't. I'm reminded of a passage in Paul. Remember we've been studying Acts and Paul is a major component of that. Remember he has this goal where he's traveling to one city, right? He's heading to one city, and God, while he's on his way to city, God says, I need you to stop. I need you to go a different direction and head to the smaller city where there's only four women meeting by the river because there's not even a man, there's not even 10 men in the city who believe, so there's no, not even a, a synagogue there. There's just four women off in the river, and you need to go tell them about Jesus Christ, and they're going to be some of the strongest ladies in the church. Remember, he had that original goal was to go to this one city. Now, he could have said, I failed because I don't make it to this city. That's not what happens, is it? God changes his goal. Sometimes in life, we become fixated on a goal, and we don't see God trying to change your goal. He said, I need you on this path, so you start, and then I'm going to change it. I'm reminded of this as my own college career. I went to school to become a history teacher. Sometimes I still wish I'd done it. (laughs) I didn't fail in becoming a history teacher. When I got there, God changed my direction. So I went to biblical studies. And then I became a pastor. God changed the direction. Sometimes our goals are, we have to let go of that original dream and say, well, God, what is the goal you have laid out before me? Now, as we evaluate our goals, sometimes we say, well, is it because I've messed up or is it because you've changed something? And that becomes where our relationship with the Holy Spirit comes so important that we are in communion together. Because if we've messed up, obviously we need to fix whatever's messing us up, right? But we need to say, I'm going to follow him in that direction as him. I'm going to make that plan. And as we hit our goals, that's when we're going to grow. Grow healthy. And if you're not growing, you may hit some goals off right off the top. You're going to hit some of those little goals that you set right up. But you're not going to last, right? It's when we grow that our goals become God-driven. And we grow in His will. And He'll give us bigger goals than we ever thought possible. There may be someone in this room who said, oh, well, you know, years ago I thought God was calling me into the mission field. 
but I've never been afraid, but I've always been afraid to check out the International Mission Board so I can see if I can actually go. You're not too old yet. Some of you are old, and I'll let you decide which one you're in here, young or old. But some of you are old, and you're thinking, I'm too old for that. No, you're not. If you're not setting goals, even at an older age, what are you saying? My only goal is what, to die? Or to not die? Guess what, that's coming. If your goal is not to die, that's not a biblical one. It's coming. You're going to have eternal life, but this physical body's going to die. If your only goal is to say, well, I'm going to die, you're missing out on the eternal, the fullness of life that God has promised you. He has given you goals. What are they? What are your goals? As we think about our next step, we have to ask that, what are my goals? One of my goals, I tell you right off the bat, as I stand here in the pulpit, one of my goals is that anyone who comes here and doesn't know Jesus Christ, that they know that Jesus is Lord of their life and that they will come to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's one of my goals. Now, do I want that to be your goal? No, your goal is to follow the more biblical model of go and seek. See, the Bible doesn't say come and see me. The Bible says go and seek. I here to prepare you. You come here to worship together, here to disciple, and then we go. We go out. And so maybe your goal should be to go and witness to one more person this year than you did last year. Or maybe you need to be more specific. I think you need to be more specific. I need to go witness to John or to, to Jacob or to Eli or to Susan. You know, I felt God calling me for a long time to get my education, but I'm afraid to go. We have to evaluate our plans, right? If it's really God's plan, He's going to make a way. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? You know, when I started my classes up again, I'm taking Aramaic and Hebrew. Why am I taking Aramaic and Hebrew? Because they're fun? No. (laughs) I'm taking Aramaic and Hebrew because I felt God calling me to take Aramaic and Hebrew so I can learn the Bible better, so I can... Tell, therefore, tell you guys better what's being said. But when I did that, I had to evaluate cost. Because it's not cheap. Nothing in life anymore is, is it? It cost uh, my time cost. I had to take away time from my kids, time from my wife, time from parts of this job that I really enjoy. I had to give up some parts of the parts of pastoring that I enjoy so I can do this. It's only for a short amount of time. Because I felt God having the goals and things that were not matching up with those goals, I have to evaluate. 
And things that don't help me with those goals, I need to put aside. And then, as we think about what my next step is, we also we evaluate what our goals are, what the motivation behind our goal is. Are they biblical goals? But we also have to say, how can I help others reach their goals? See, one of the bad things we have is, as, um, <laughs> as people is often we say, well, I want my goals even at the expense of your goals. Or maybe especially at the expense of your goals. Or maybe my goals and then your goals. But that's not the biblical model, is it? Biblical models were to come beside each other and help each other reach the biblical goals together. It means if you want a good family, we come together as brothers and sisters and help each other become better fathers, become mother mothers, become we become inside of are you want to know the Bible better? Well we become beside each other and learn the Bible together. We want to become mission. We will, we're going to help you t- take the steps you need to become a missionary. You want to get an education, well, we're going to help you at least take the steps to get that process started. You want a new job? Well, we're going to help you find the new job. Because that job's out there. If, God's, if it's God-given, He's going to give it to you, right? If it's not God-given, He ain't going to give it to you. So how you can want a new job all you want, but if it's not God's will that you leave yet, it's not going to happen. And what's frustrating about goals sometimes is you know they're part of God's plan, but you've got to wait on them. I knew God was calling me to the pastor years ago. And I started in the ministry, I guess it'll be 20 years in October. And I felt God calling me to full-time pastorate. And I sent out hundreds of resumes. And God made me wait and wait. And I said, God, if, if you don't want me to do this, change my passion. I'd really like to do something else. I wanted to be a history teacher after all. My passion remained the same. I knew God was calling me into it, but He made me wait. Made me wait. And I kept plugging away at those goals. I became a small time pastor, small town pot pastor with 30 people in my church, and they couldn't pay me more than the gas money to get to the church because it was so far away that it was in a. If you've ever been to Kentucky, it was a holla. By a crick, not a creek, a crick. <laughs> and God still made me say, well, you're not going to be a full-time pastor that way. But he made me wait. And those goals we get, that he gives us aren't always on our timings, but they're on his. Paul never wanted to get to Rome this way. But according to God's will, he got to Rome God's way. And so we patiently pray and wait. And we work towards those goals and we help others reach those goals. And as I say, well, what's my next step today? We evaluate our goals. Motivation. Maybe write down your goals. Some of you have never done that. 
Remember that they change as you grow. So don't feel like a failure if you don't become obsessed with the goal. Help others reach their goals. But here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to not just write them down for yourself. I want you to tell someone else your goals. That's even scarier, isn't it? Because as soon as you say it out loud, it becomes real. What are your God-given goals for your life right now? What are my next steps towards reaching those goals? Say, I want to get an education. Well, you need to start looking at what degrees, where you're going, cost, tuition, there's financial aid, there's a whole bunch, and that goes on that. What's your next step? Cost evaluations? I want to have a bigger retirement fund. Well, what needs to happen for that? Can you even get a bigger retirement fund? Is that something that God's given? I just want my water fixed. Well, come tell someone that you need your water fixed. <laughs> what are your goals? What's the next steps you need to take to reach those goals? Father God, I praise you today, Lord. I thank you for the God-given goals in our lives. Lord, I pray that you give us those goals, those, those objectives that we may f- seek after them. Lord, I pray that you make them clear in our lives what they may be. Not getting fixated, but growing in you and following after your will and your word. Lord, I pray that if there's someone in this room that has never come to know you, that they will come to know you. Lord, I pray that if there's someone who, who has never witnessed to someone, that they may take the chance and witness to someone else using the gifts that you have given them. Lord, I pray that if there's someone in this room who does not know your goal, their goals, that you will illuminate their, li- 